1: Live from Las Vegas, sports talk, hot takes, and all of the bangers, Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers.
2: It's over for me, perhaps over for us all. What do you mean? Welcome to the Playmakers, a full, robust sports and other things, entertainment option for you all, a little something for your ear holes. There's a storm brewing outside and within this studio right now because...
3: I'm scared to look at you, Lindsay, because Dude, of what's behind you. Something
2: there's something, right? You're like, is it about to storm? I'm like, I don't know. Does the wind, the gray skies, and all of a sudden the change in just the overall, like, hue of light in the outdoors doesn't give it enough away for you? It's probably going to be happening.
3: You know what I think it is? What? And first off, I also want to tell you, Lindsay, Yeah. happy Hard Knocks Day.
2: Is it the yes, tonight? Yes, the premiere. Oh, my God. Clear my schedule. Actually, though,
3: I do see. Have, I have
2: trouble watching sports alone, but I don't have trouble watching documentaries about sports. Oh, you That's hear that what music. we're talking about, dude. Hard knocks. Did you know that yours truly was featured on Hard Knocks not really? too long ago? I was. It's my claim to fame. It was the first week that I moved here. Literally, three years ago. <laughs> Perfect timing. And I remember because, you know, uh, Scott Goldbranson, who's Silver and Black Today, we have him on the show. We're going to be having him on the show more as the Raiders season gets underway, all that other stuff. Um, Silver and Black Today was Sunday mornings. And I came in this Sunday morning, like three or four days after I moved out here. And I did, uh, what, did their show with them. And we were just kind of talking. Nobody really knew who I was. I didn't really know who I was at that point because I remember a couple days earlier, Paul had asked me, Paul had asked me, so can you talk football? I was like, yes. Yes.
3: Don't you ever, don't you ever disrespect me like that? Well, it
2: wasn't even disrespect. Like I said, it's more of the lack of imagination. I've talked about this several times of just like in our industry, just be like, what? A woman here who might know a few things about what's going on? Oh my God. And then you kind of like prove that to yourself and others and whatever. But back to my story about being hard, on Hard Knocks and featured right next to Game of Thrones. You know, that was very casual for me. I mean, the, I mean where <laughs> else are they going to put you? are in the HBO family, which I, I think we need to have a family meeting because I don't like the direction HBO is going oh, in right now. we do now. need to talk about that discovery. But regardless, anyway. back to my story on how I was featured on Hard Knocks on my first week here. We're like talking about tight ends. And, you know, it was the last Baby. season before the Raiders got here. And so they were covering training camp when they were still in California. And... It was, I think, one of the opening sequences of the first or second episode, and they just kind of like cut together a bunch of different audio from random people, including myself, talking about the rise of the importance of the tight end position in the National Football League, how receivers, money, and, and, and rep delegations have moved over to a hardier, a more um, sustainable model, and that got put into the Hard Knocks. That was the first week I went on Scott Pharrell's show Down at at the D Las Vegas And that was my first week here And I was just like Is this what Vegas is? Is this what it's gonna be? (laughs) The first night I was here My best friend happened to be in town With a couple of her friends And we got a table next to Tiesto And by next to I mean Behind him in the DJ booth like, it was just, it was the most bizarre week of my life. It was my first week here.
3: They honestly, they hooked you
2: in. Oh, 100%. You're
3: like, let me sign that lease again, apartment complex. I'm here. And
2: now I'm here looking at TikTok uh, using the new AI filter and doing sports, other things, radio, and try to see what art it comes up with to describe our show.
3: And as you were describing the story about you getting on the hard knocks, I was actually looking through the archives of the playmakers. I actually have the audio from Paul's office when he asked you.
2: Oh my goodness. Hey, let's just play it. it Paul, Paul wasn't there, but like I'm sure you got the right audio.
3: So so Paul asked you, hey Lindsay, do you know football? And this is what came out of your mouth. <laughs> Do I know
2: football? Me? Do I partake in the footiest of footballs? Footiest of footballs wasn't even a thought yet because this show wasn't even a thing yet.
3: And so later on for footiest of footballs coming up, I do have some... some Some teasing details for you, Lindsay, Because apparently one of the greatest, you know what, we'll save it. There's some good stuff that's going to be on the season (laughs) premiere. The tease is
2: so mighty that you don't even get to it.
3: Did you, hold on. Lions are the the
2: focus, right? Yes.
3: And on social media, did you see the running back do the huddle and bring everybody in? No. He brought everybody in and he's like, yo, I need everybody to know that we can be great. And he starts crying. Like literally starts crying. We can be great. We're better than that effing record that we had last year. And I'm crying because I care and because I believe in you. Lines on three. One, two, three. And I threw my phone and I said, (laughs) Lindsay, let's go. 24 hour show.
2: (sighs) As someone who was tasked with leading the old breakdown of the cheer, it's a little bit wordy. Maybe we need to tighten it up a little bit, but you know what? The tears are a nice touch.
3: He said, "I'm emotional because I care," and Dude. I wrote that down, fellas, for an argument.
2: Hell yeah! I'm just saying. Hell yeah! How You're do gonna you respond that. to that? You don't. You simply buy in. That's what you do. There's no response. We're all there's, in on- there's. Put me on the bus. Put me on. I'm not even gonna pull the rope to get off. I, you. When we get to the destination, the bus will let us. We'll all know. Because we're on it together.
3: Yeah, 100%. What? 100%. We're what? on
2: this show together.
3: We are. Yep. And I woke up good. The FBI good. didn't raid my house.
2: Congratulations.
3: Thank you so much. One
2: day more than Thank some you. of us can say. <laughs> Thank
3: you. Thank you so much. Social,
2: like I didn't see that breakdown of, of, of that particular cheer because social media has been so littered with news. With that. With that.
3: Also, I'm not Alex Jones, so I'm feeling good about that. I don't that. even
2: know who this guy is. All I know is that when I hear his name, I scroll. I don't care. I good. don't care. I Keep don't it even that wa- way. I don't even want to know what the I barely know what the guy looks like. He just seems like an absolutely awful human being. Scroll past that and then yeah.
3: another word of advice. Don't try to steal from Las Vegas smoke shops. Cause you will get caught. Correct. So those three things Correct. I didn't do and I'm not, so I'm feeling good.
2: That's good. I'm I'm glad glad that you're feeling good. Maybe it's because, like, I I texted you this morning because I know your your tum tum was not feeling so great. And I was like, How are you doing? Are you doing okay? Extending that kindness. You are not extending that kindness to the Little League World Series clip of the pitcher hitting somebody. We're going to get into that later. It's going to be a heated (laughs) conversation, so heated that we had to kind of, like, basically before the show say, Okay, this is for the show. Let's remember not to get too worked up me. I'll get worked up, but don't get offended if I get worked up. It's not directed at no, you. You
3: don't get offended if, if, if I'm I... I'm not going
2: to get offended. but we, I just, If I start to say things, it's not at you. It's at your argument.
3: Well, if I start to say things, it's not at you. It's at your argument. And the honor of Stephen A. Smith, because he's not on First Take, we have to pick up the slack for sports media. Hand So that's what air. we do.
2: Hey.
3: It's about to get real. Coming up soon.
2: Uh In addition to all of those fun topics we've already kind of brushed upon... Uh, two Americas today, we're going to talk about what makes a good leader and our different experiences with that and our different kind of visions for that, because we, we've we both had some different experiences in sports, uh, in different sports entirely, and so I figured that'd be a good way to kind of get a dictionary definition of what a leader is in our minds, we'll get into footy of, of football, Sean McVay is like the bruttiest human being of all time, and I have zero in common with him. Learn that today as well. Well,
3: the article that just came out about this house, I have also zero in common with him.
2: Yeah, there's that. I don't. When people are talking about like their their rich problems, like my Ashton Martin SUV, I'm like, good for you. We really? I we, don't care.
3: We need to go. In, but we I do. care about the
2: person, not the possessions. Some okay. of these
3: details, though, we we will. I'll bring them up at least, and we'll go from there with this. Let's
2: just say there's a lot of self-loathing in the McVay household, and I understand that particular umbrella. Uh, Somebody who usually stands under our umbrella on Tuesdays, Trista Crick, joins us in just a couple of minutes. There's KD drama, obviously. Uh there's a huge podcast that she just released earlier today her Heat Check podcast that Jerry West interview that she conducted during her time here in Las Vegas you know Like the logo We're kind of part of that whole thing if you really want to you know wedge ourselves in there cuz the day before she recorded that and then she came in here and gave us 40 minutes and talked about it so like we've been along for the ride if not part of the ride
3: Not only she's that she's on our bus Yeah exactly and we're on hers and and the bus is on the block and the block is
2: oh the block is hot, Lindsay. We'll
3: just say that. <laughs> That's what we'll Facts. say.
2: Facts. There's a lot to uh get out of that interview and uh of her particular interview with Jerry West, the logo as you referred to him, and then our specific talk with her today. We find out what the most terrifying animal she thinks lives on earth and we also figure out that snowboarding is a death trap. And so, it's just it's that it's Serena Williams retiring, which is like really hitting me in the feels today. The goat. The goatiest of goats.
3: I have I have some some statistics Do on Serena. You?
2: This is I I love you because I I come here I'm like I'm gonna pick the topics I'll kind of formulate the, ar- the argument in my head or what we're gonna talk about. I don't really write that much down, but you come in with the stats. I try to. That's what you are. You know,
3: See we try to we try to combine the like the mega powers.
2: Man.
3: We're like the mega powers. We're trying to well, make it know, work.
2: Sports with a Z. We take that Z very seriously.
3: Hey, I have a suggestion about the second hour. What if it does start to rain throughout the city? Yeah. We should talk in like a smooth jazz type of, like we let's could. be sensual with our audience, okay, to she, make everyone like get let's through let's this together. Our,
2: our NPR voices, okay. shall we? Okay. So, Adrian. Yes. Um, of all the great things that we have in store today for all of our fine, fine listeners. Yes. Except for that one guy that you mentioned from Tik. What's his name? Adam Jones. Wait. what? Who's the guy you mentioned from that everybody hates that we just talked about a minute ago? Oh, Alex Jones. Yeah. That guy. Yeah, that guy's Misog- bankrupt. That guy's misogyny, bankrupt. <laughs> trademarked, right there. Um, I Do
3: you want, know what he did? Do you I, know what happened? I
2: genuinely don't care. Can I tell you really quick, I'm though? Sure, I guess.
3: He got in the lawsuit because of what he said about Sandy Hook and, and the victims and, and no, everything. No, I'm
2: not talking about Alex Jones. I'm talking about the new guy that we just talked about a few minutes ago that, that like everybody's talking about. The young oh. guy who's bald. At, not Alex Jones. I know who Alex Jones is. We don't have it, What oh. about, no. Who are we talking about? The other guy. <laughs> This is the weirdest. This would be a great opportunity for us to visit that Rewind feature on that Odyssey app, which you can download for free from the Google Play or Apple App Store. It's one of our very special features on that app, and we don't have that because we're live right now. I'm
3: sorry I took a detour. It's, Let's get it's back. It's like
2: Alex Jones or Andrew whatever. I forget who the guy was. We were just talking about who's like toxic masculinity. Who everybody's talking about on TikTok and stuff.
3: I can't. I, my we brain. just
2: mentioned it, but it's okay. I want to talk about the time you fought a hockey player once.
3: Oh, geez. Well,
2: it's a kid. It's, story time. it's time
3: for the can opener. Yes. D- just to let you know,
2: you've uh, gotten more research. hockey fights than I have.
3: I uh at at least went on hockey... Facebook. What? Just to make sure to see what he's doing with his life.
2: Oh, I'm sure he's a massive success.
3: <laughs> yes, he is. But he's so actually... many of
2: us plan for the life after the game, and so I'm sure it's laid out for him.
3: He's actually still involved in the game. You
2: don't say. Uh,
3: according uh, to uh, Facebook, staying
2: with what we know,
3: works as a USA Ice Hockey referee. Is that the thing?
2: Oh, that's a thing.
3: Okay, well, salute to I him. I wonder
2: what level he's roughing.
3: Oh, jeez. Refs uh,
2: have a tough job. I couldn't ref.
3: Okay, no names, please, as no, we start no this names. argument. Um, f- I, f- I fell in love with a woman when I was in fourth grade. Okay. okay. Actually, take I'm that back.
2: A hopeless place, I love it. Sixth
3: grade. Found Different love woman.
2: Sixth grade. Okay, go. So
3: she was in a relationship with this, this person, this guy. And we started becoming me and the girl started becoming good friends. Sure.
2: What was your method of communication at the time?
3: Damn, what was I just in person? I, oh, okay. We used to walk there You're was Rawdogging it that way. Whoa.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Rawhogging socialization like that?
3: That's the end of the story. We'll get to that later. <laughs> um, so so uh, there was there was a friendship, they break up, they there's always <sighs> situations to in the fourth. Um she actually ends up moving, but despite that. There was always a quote-unquote rivalry. There's
2: a beef.
3: Yeah. And then in gym, Mr. Off class, what's up, Mr. A? Still holding it down as our gym teacher. Uh, we were playing basketball. And, of course, you can tell when someone plays another sport and then plays basketball, like specifically hockey and football, because of just the way that they play defense. Like they're all up your ass. They're on your oh, shoulder. Oh, I fouled out from Church it's,
2: League almost every damn game.
3: It's like, relax, my yeah, guy. We you get right, it. You, you, play, right. you play something else. You're right. So, of course, things... And I, I'm a bigger guy, so I'm in the post. Uh, this is before I expanded my era and kind of moved to the three-point line involved oh. as the game went. They and,
2: diversified your portfolio over so, there. So,
3: of course, he's throwing some elbows, this, then and the third. And yep. he, fi- he, he did one, and I think it was straight on my back, if I recall. And... The, I put my Dejounte Murray on. I threw the ball right at his at his chest, his face, his yeah. upper body area. Who's and then, bigger
2: at this point, like tall, like height wise? Me, you, okay? Me. Well, you're the pole, so clearly.
3: Yeah, right. yeah, I'm. They, well, it,
2: going it, hard in the paint. Well,
3: the thing is, is that he, he was he was pretty physically fit. I mean, he's, he's playing well, he's hockey, a hockey player, but he's you know probably what I mean?
2: a buck fifty sulking wet if you're yeah, lucky well, at that age. And
3: now he's bigger than me, but that's that's just being mean, and I apologize. Um, but no, uh, the fight happened. To be honest, I. It, Obviously, I was in it, so I don't know how long it was, but it was very quick. It was less than two minutes, and then Mister A got into the middle of it, and then just who threw the first up, punch? Growing up in the small school, I mean, I would assume him because I threw the ball, and then we we went sure. towards each
2: other. It's about to be a girl fight. Yeah,
3: yep. it was kind of it, there was fisticuffs, like like For punches. Sure. Punches were were. Packin players aren't gonna slap you. No, but I'm saying it wasn't like an MBA scenario. There was no hold me back. The hold me back happened after the two minutes. Oh yeah. So there was some time to get some action. No,
2: we're going for blunt force trauma hockey players. That's what we're going for. And
3: at the end of the day, in anything, especially now with this microphone, uh, for better or for worse, um, you know, as long as I'm still breathing, I feel like I'm victorious. Like as long as this mouth can still move. Um and
2: all I, do- I have is that tie dollar side. Do, 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 I want, I want. We gotta get that. We gotta get that in the system.
3: Through throughout high school, there was always just Resentment. I'm no offense, Lindsay. Uh, it was a different person. I'm like, this, this, I almost said something. This hockey guy, uh, the worst. And, and yep. I there was there was one time we hung out. We actually went to a Guardians game. It was a group of friends. I'm like, why did you invite me if you invited him? Like, I don't have to be here. This is just right. weird. I, I kept. We got B from
2: eighth grade. Still a Bruin underneath. No,
3: hundred percent. And then I get dropped off, and the moment I get dropped off is when he starts talking. Of course, and they drive. They drive off. Of and course. Long story short, um, about a year ago, around this time, yeah. the the woman at the center of the controversy because a lot of you know Dejounte Murray, Paolo Bonchero, I really believe that's what they're fighting over. Is it's always woman. over a woman. Uh, she came to visit here in Las Vegas um, a year ago, mm-hmm. and as you pointed out, when it comes to dogs, it was a good time, and his name was actually brought up after, really? and we both started laughing. And that's that's funny. that's like the end of the story. So I don't have like more intimate details, not only about the the intercourse, but the actual fight itself.
2: I'm hold the intercourse. Yeah, there could be some no more details No, that's very glad to hear
3: for either. No, but Bro. the fight. The okay.
2: Fight.
3: No, no bruises on the fight. No elbows were thrown. Um, you should
2: have. You should have popped him right in his nose and broke it.
3: I mean, uh, that's, it happens it's all the, the time, anyways.
2: So Good for you. Good, for you. Good for you to for defending your 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 own claim over who you want to go after.
3: My ego. Yeah.
2: yeah well, wars have been started for less. The male ego is undefeated, especially when they're fighting each other, technically. And, you know, it, everybody's winning in uh, some scenarios. I feel like our show, if you're a listener of our show, it's just like a constant win. I hope so. Yeah.
3: That's what we strive for. Yeah. We try to be the one throwing punches
2: facts we're
3: trying to break your nose entertainingly
2: absolutely and we'll clean we'll help you clean up after the fact as well somebody who knows winning somebody who knows people that know more about winning than probably either of us could ever learn and forget about is uh trista crick we get into her talk with jerry west as well as what's going on across the world of basketball and of course some other things love for the bet
1: Adrian Hernandez and Lindsey Brown, the playmakers exclusively on 1140 to bet
3: on the line is the host of bet MGM tonight and Odyssey sports betting insider Trista Crick insider calls are brought to you by driveway.com looking for a car go to driveway.com where you can get pre-qualified buy a car and get it delivered also be sure to check out Trista's NBA podcast heat check available wherever you find your podcast
2: We are about to get all up into your latest heat check here, Trista Crick. But first of all, greetings and salutations. I need to know this answer first, though. What leisure activity has caused you the most bodily harm? Because for me, it's water tubing behind a boat. Flag football. Is that leisurely, though? If there's physical contact expected, I wouldn't really put that as leisurely. But we could accept that answer. No, it counts. Flag flag football. uh, Leisure,
0: leisure, leisure. I don't know if snowboarding is leisurely either.
2: That's gnarly. I like it. Ah, uh, snowboarding scares me.
0: Yeah, I get. I've gotten hurt snowboarding. I've gotten hurt. I've gotten actually hurt off right off of the ski lift.
2: Really? So, did you Did you just hit an yeah. edge right as you were uh, uh, yes. getting off of it? Sometimes in some of these resorts, like there's a, a almost a
0: crevice right when you come off, <laughs> and so you're stuck, and now you're trying to get off and. The ski lift chair is coming right at you. You're trying to get out of the way. There's ice right there. If it's not well-maintained, I tell you what, that might be the most dangerous part of the ride.
2: Uh, it's hard for me to disagree with you. Are you the type of person that after you get hurt, you never return to said activity, or you just keep going back to it?
0: Oh, I mean, it'll take me some days, but oh. I'll go back. Okay, you just but don't, you don't it remove it from things you'll do.
2: The,
0: it ends the day, though. It ends the day.
2: Yeah, and then right. no fun. We're,
0: we're gonna, yeah, we're good. we're good now. I remember I was uh, riding, and it was a really weird sort of snowy, misty day, very low visibility. And I'm following a friend who was a competitive skier, and I'm snowboarding behind him. And I lost him, and I go down this little, kind of like a, a rev- like sort of a, a small, I don't really know how to describe it, but it narrows. No, no trees. And all of a sudden, I see that the edge is walled off by ropes because it's a clip. And I just go right over it. And thank- thankfully, it was powder underneath. And I look back, and there's a whole rocky side where I could have really gotten messed up. And this guy's like, Bro! Oh my God, that was gnarly. Are you okay? You could have died. I'm like, yep, that's enough for me. I'm done. I'm yeah, done
2: ca- casual me. brush with death. I think we're, we're good to go get some hot chocolate and a hot dog or two, but- yep. yeah, Two Americas. Yeah, two Americas facts. We'll get into that later. But uh, the first question I had teed up for today was going to be about the state of the Jerry West interview audio, but you gave me an answer this morning. You sent me the first half of that interview, which is now available on all the platforms your Heat Check podcast is found on. Please, before could we- you get... hear it okay? Oh yeah, I heard it. I I heard you had to listen a little bit closely on some of the parts, but I think the way that you just kind of attacked it, given the technological shortcomings, I I think really does more justice to the conversation than anything else. So please tell us a little bit more about how you put this together, because we've been part of it since day one. You were here the day or maybe the day after uh, you recorded it. So got the audio back
0: rough, very rough used an audio software that sort of distorted his voice, then found another software or actually almost a service, like a a task rabbit for audio and technical stuff, found someone overseas to do it. They cleaned up the audio to the point that it is now. Mm -hmm. And it kind of felt like some of the conversation needed to have intros for it. It almost needed additional context or maybe just like hey this area is this part of the interview is softer than others there was lunchtime for the for the um, convention hall so pay attention more but also i think giving more background to what was said and what i found interesting about what he was said almost editorializing it in a way where it seems closer to a documentary mm. vibe than it, than it was just a strict interview especially the part where, and you talked to me or texted me about this today, where I asked Jerry about what he thinks about players who don't love basketball and how he can tell. And he answered how he can tell, but he then proceeded to essentially say how little it matters because if you're able to make a lot of money in this, in this career and in this sport, once you finish your career in basketball, you'll be able to take time away and have enough money to decide and to figure out your life and what you're truly passionate about, and that's something new that the game is giving these kids who don't come from wealthy backgrounds, that's a gift. And for someone who's in his mid-80s to have that perspective shows exactly to me why he's beloved, why young players owe him a a debt of gratitude, and why he's probably one of the more progressive thinkers that consistently finds ways to win.
2: Yeah, I just think it's fascinating how much we sell, you know, that dream to to kids and as you mentioned uh, just how many different people come from Uh, a variety of backgrounds some of those really really tough and that this is seen as the pinnacle and that there's no after that's something I really struggled with once I got done with my career because it just is always about the sport and you don't have that plan after the fact I mean there was a lot of life lessons throughout that entire uh, first half with Jerry West again but what sticks out or at least what sticks to your ribs the most because I think that's really where we learn the most about ourselves in this particular line of work
0: I think that part was really fascinating I also thought just his general philosophy on constructing a roster and how the game has evolved was interesting. And then another thing that I think about and I'm still thinking about today is in part two. But I asked him because he told me he doesn't read anything that's written about him. He doesn't watch anything that is about him that isn't something that he has created himself. And I asked him why? Why will you not read anything about you? And he said, because I already know who I am.
3: Bars. Straight bars. And
0: I was just like, wow, I should really care less about what people who are on the internet think about me because I do read things about me, and it does make me feel bad. And he also pointed out, listen, I already struggle with negative self-image. I already find ways to Mm. feel bad about myself on my own. I don't care to listen to other people who can then, he said it's not triggering, it's just I already do it enough and I,
2: I know who I am. It's like a reminder of how crappy was, you are. I could, I could feel that.
0: Yeah, and I think that's just really important because not only you're talking about one of the greatest players of all time, he struggles with this, but also it's a lesson that we should probably not be consuming that because all it does is is tell us things that we don't are either the things that we fear about ourselves or sort of take away from the things that we already know that are good.
3: Well, Trissa, I was I was literally going to ask you here later on in the interview because I I noticed you do you obviously get a lot of hate. I feel like both of you do just first and foremost because Not you're really women as much as her. and talking about sports. And I think it was late last week you said something about the NFC East and how bad it was, and then some jackass was like well, were you at every team's camp to know this, blah, 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 blah? And you're like, no, jackass. I'm actually hosting a national radio show. So I guess my question to you is, is, how do you deal with the haters and, like, what's your approach when it comes to that?
0: Normally I don't say anything because I think it serves me better to not get in those weeds. But I am personally a petty person. And so sometimes Amen. I want to <laughs> clap back and say, yeah, I actually host a, a national radio show, so I'm not able to get to camp. That's for the uh, lowly beat reporters. Not to say that they are beat, the beat reporters are lowly. It was more to just say to this person, like, you don't really know what my role is in this system, uh, and you don't really know anything about how this game is, right? Um, like as Devin Booker says, can't talk basketball with everyone. You can't talk media with everyone, Um So I think my approach is frenetic. Sometimes I don't think about it at all, and sometimes I think about it a lot. And you just try your best to stay grounded with people who believe in you and people who tell you to stop tripping. These people don't really matter.
2: True that. True that. Keep that circle tight. That is absolutely true. But speaking of pettiness... Pretty much the only thing that's going on in the NBA right now is Kevin Durant uh, delivering an ultimatum of some sort saying, Steve Nash and and GM guy out or I leave. Uh, You've been very adamant about uh, the problem that is Steve Nash as a coach. If they end up making a change in that direction and, and placating Kevin, aren't they just creating or exacerbating the problem at this point?
0: Yeah, I think it's one of those things where you look at the Nets organization and you wonder when it went wrong and where it went wrong. And I think firing Kenny Atkinson is probably the first place when there was a rift around how much playing time DeAndre Jordan, who was clearly washed, clearly washed, was getting. And Jared Allen was getting time over DeAndre Jordan. So, of course, he had to go, Kenny Atkinson. And then Jared Allen proceeded to go get a huge bag in Cleveland and be thank a you, cornerstone Brooklyn. of what they're trying. Yes, a bag and a cornerstone and just a, an absolute beast. So thank you to the Brooklyn Nets for in, on behalf of Cleveland. But that's, I think, when it all sort of fell away. I think early on, and this is just my philosophy when it comes to power dynamics, you can't allow players to run things right away before they've earned that because they'll believe that they just can have that no matter what. And I don't want to say throw a tantrum, but I do want to say maybe you dig your feet in and ask out or sort of, I, I guess it is sort of throwing a tantrum. Um, and I think that's probably on the nets and now they're trying to take the control back. And whether Steve Nash is a good coach or he's not, and I don't think he is, I don't think it really is relevant. What's relevant is, that you've made your bed, you're committed here for four years, and, you know, you can't run the roof. You're not a GM.
3: And I, I honestly think in this situation, like, I go to therapy, and my therapist is always like, two things can be right, and to me it's three things that can be right. I don't blame Steve Nash for taking the job. I don't blame Sean Marks yeah. for putting these three together. I don't blame Kevin Durant for wanting to leave this situation after everything that's happened. Uh, and, and in terms of sneaky teams, that might be a possibility – Uh, Just looking throughout the league, I'm falling on Memphis, Denver. Is there like a surprise team that can come out of nowhere and kind of get in the conversation outside of Phoenix and others that have been talked about?
0: I do think, I I guess it's like less sneaky because it has been discussed, but it's not as discussed nearly as much as Miami, Toronto, Phoenix, um, Boston. But I think that the Pelicans are really interesting. They're close. They've got really good defense. They're long, they're athletic, they've got shooting, they're well-coached with Willie Green. Um, Willie Green, for those who aren't aware, Willie Green was an assistant coach when Kevin Durant was there with Golden State. So there's a relationship there. I think if you were to plug and play Kevin Durant on that team and, you know, maybe you move Brandon Ingram and you can't move Zion because of the contract stipulations, how that goes, but another piece and some picks, and they have a lot of picks, over you know the course of they have not only their own but they have the Lakers picks and the Lakers aren't going to be good for a long time I think uh, that that's an interesting trade to me.
3: And then Trist, I want I want to ask you a little off the wall question. All right, so buckle up. Two weeks ago, Dwight Howard tried out for the WWE at SummerSlam. Now the reports yep. are that it was it went surprisingly well. So i put together a list of names of of NBA players oh who I think would be best in the WWE. Five names I want you to give me who you think would do the best. So, we got Dwight Howard, Draymond Green, Stephen Adams, Giannis Antetokounmpo, or Russell Westbrook.
0: Oh, I mean, if you put Giannis in the WWE, he would be a sensation. He might make the WWE explode. He's too nice, I know, though. But that a lot of times, the nicest guys are the ones that play heel. So Giannis as the villain would be Ooh. absolutely electric. Wait I would love it, and we would know that he it wasn't real, but we would kind of still feel maybe it was, and they would create a storyline. I think Giannis and his global appeal uh-huh. and him already being huge, I can just see him turning into the rock.
3: Global appeal, Trista, Craig, Vince McMahon, get out of here. We don't Seriously, need like he him. Needs
2: to leave. I'm really done with him.
3: <laughs> nice right. booking. I like the decision. Hey, I you're
2: a wrestling fan, Trista.
0: Well, I'm not really like a huge wrestling fan. I grew up watching it as a kid in the Rey Mysterio Jr. time. I watched The Rock in his heyday, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. That time period. I, I kind of faded out in high school, but in middle school, I was really into it. I think everybody kind of was at that time in my era. I uh, and now I've been reading it. a lot about it, too. Yeah, now I re- I'm reading a lot about it because about it uh, Nick Khan, who was a very prominent mm-hmm. broadcasting agent, is now in charge of the WWE, and I couldn't be happier for him. But it also speaks volume about how gangster and strategic he is that, He is now the top dog there like less than two years after getting there.
2: Friend of the show. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, I need to get more into wrestling. I think this is finally the sign. Because I, I just completely missed it on all accounts, whether I was a kid, whether I was a teen, and then at the point that I am now, it's just like everybody's like, it's so awesome. I'm like, okay, I'll just pretend until I like it. But I need to just kind of force that whole thing. But what's the vibe like in D.C. this week after uh, trading Juan Soto to the West Coast? I'm sure that there were well wishes extended to him and the new squad, but I can't imagine that people are too disappointed with the haul that they got back.
0: Yeah, I think people are very sad, though. Yeah, They wanted to keep Juan. I think the issue with the learners not selling the team, there was a lot of ambiguity there in terms of how and what direction this team was going. Uh, Juan wasn't going to sign for any amount of money. Josh Bell going with him was shocking. No one else leaving. Nelson Cruz not being gone, I think, was sort of surprising as well. But I think Nationals fans are sad. I think they wanted to build around Juan since he's so young. But the prospects that they got from the Padres are, like, are no slouches. You're talking about some of the best prospects in baseball. So hopefully they turn out. History shows that players matter a lot more than prospects matter. And what we know is that Josh Bell and Juan Soder are two of the best hitters in baseball. You know, Josh Bell probably is is not nearly as good unless he's paired with a guy like Juan Soto but yeah I think it's a good thing for San Diego not so good of a thing for for Washington DC
2: so we've talked Jerry West we've talked baseball we've talked Kevin Durant what animal scares you the most in this world I'm pretty afraid of snakes
0: really pretty pretty afraid of snakes once you once you get bit by a snake you got bit by a snake no, but I'm, I mean, oh, once you do, and they're around, you know, you're walking
2: around in the grass and all of a sudden, I've never seen done. one I, in all of my hiking adventures, but I'm happy listen, about that. What?
3: I'm scared of Rob, uh, Rob Palenka too. So okay. <laughs> I got you. Sister. Yeah. I'm with you.
2: The snakes, uh, be,
0: on the mo- be on the awareness, you know, be on, be on the lookout for snakes. They are, they're everywhere.
2: There, everywhere, those snakes. Trista Crick, thank you so much for being you and bringing yourself to our program each and every Tuesday. Be well, stay hydrated, and tell everybody at BetMGM Tonight that I miss them. I will. Talk to you soon. All right.
3: There it is. That was host of BetMGM Tonight and Odyssey Sports Betting Insider, Trista Crick. Insider calls are brought to you by driveway.com. Head to driveway.com. Today, to shop more than 25,000 new and used cars and driveways nationwide inventory. Also, be sure to check out the Bet MGM Tonight podcast for more Trista Crick's analysis. Just search Bet MGM wherever you find your podcast. And coming up next, it's either going to be sports or it's going to be other things. But I guarantee you, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. It's
0: 1140 The Bet. Call from mom. Answer it. Call
1: silenced. Adrian Hernandez and Lindsey Brown, the Playmakers, exclusively on 1140 The Bet.
2: What Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin did to divorce with the term conscious uncoupling, Serena Williams might be doing the same thing for the word retirement. She's calling it an evolution.
3: Damn right, ain't no retirement.
2: Nope. I don't think very many of us are going to have that luxury. (laughs) And so we might as well start.
3: But when you're the goat,
2: yeah, it's a different
3: set of the rules. Yeah,
2: there's a different set of rules. But when you're the goat, it's not you usually don't get there because you're looking to put your feet up, like Serena Williams, like many many professional athletes, especially of the tennis world. Like you got to start at a young age. It is your whole life, and then you get to tour, and then it becomes a whole different aspect of your life. And she's weaponized her. Um, brand her legacy that she's kind of still unsure of, Of at least that's what she says in this Vogue article, um, better than really anybody else has done in the game, at least when it comes to uh, female professional athletes. And I hope someday we won't have to make that distinction. But with her and his example, it, it can act as kind of a beacon for all of us to be like, this is what could be. And again, I don't want it to be about it being the only one where it's this this dice roll where she she grows up in Compton with Venus and she's kind of behind Venus and so that kind of helps you know foster her personality as a competitor always being the little sister that nobody talks about like it should be more commonplace and she has certainly made a huge impact on the game of tennis which has predominantly she's, been white.
3: She's the most impactful tennis star, especially in America.
2: hundred percent. She's my favorite time. athlete of all time. And Coco, Coco Goff isn't in tennis without her. Sloane Stevens isn't in tennis without her. And so many people, like myself, um, probably saw at least an aspect of their personality within her. She talked a lot about her strength and and playing with a rage as a competitor and how that's so, you know, in a, in a game like tennis, in a major final where she can be penalized for basically yelling back at the ref. And that's in part what cost her that, that grand slam final. And that was Naomi Osaka's first, but of showing that it's okay. And that it's almost a necessity for you to kind of reach your top level. I I can't imagine another person having as big of an impact as she did. She talked about how she's kind of come to this conclusion that she needs to make this evolution into you know, maybe adding to her family, focusing more on the business side because she's invested in venture capitalist funds and, and her kind of place in that world because apparently 98% of the wealth when it comes to venture capitalists goes to the men. And the reason why is because, well, there's not a lot of women that have a lot of money to spend in that sector, and she's yeah. one of the very few that can. And she's made it uh, her mission, her goal, is to invest in as many um, women and, and, and companies started by people of color. Because that's exactly who she is. And she's always been who she's been.
3: And like I said, people can argue if she's the greatest or not. What's not arguable is her impact uh, as a minority opening the door, the things that she had to go through. And then also not only as a woman, as a black woman, one that that had curves that made people uncomfortable because the clothes that she was wearing because because of her body and her being able to do that. And 73 singles titles, 23 Grand Slam singles titles, 14 Grand Slam doubles titles, four Olympic gold medals, 94 mil in prize money. And just to clarify, because tennis is not my thing, as this feels like a two America tease coming up later, an American man hasn't won a slam in decades, correct?
2: Correct. Not since yeah. Andy Roddick. Oh, the three, greatest. Oh, 03 Wimbledon? Or not Wimbledon. That was, uh, he won the U.S. Open. I think it was a 2000. It doesn't really matter.
3: And the most important part that I do want to say as a minority is minorities, that she gave people a, a hero that they hadn't seen to be like, yo, I could be like her because she looks like me. Absolutely. So salute to Serena.
4: She
2: said that she, uh, over the course of the last few months, because she took basically a year off and came back for Wimbledon because she was injured for a while, but she said that she was talking a lot to Tiger Woods, who's kind of on his own little. Not comeback to her, but you know, that that questioning stance of will I, won't I? What
3: a crazy conversation to be a fly on the wall. Well, how many
2: how many people can truly can can she have that conversation with and same thing to him?
3: Jay-Z has a line where it's like it's me, Will Smith, Oprah, Serena, Tiger. That's it.
2: Absolutely. And that's where it's like the comparable of her to tiger and and kind of being that that beacon in like I like I mentioned, a predominantly white, rich bitch sport and men and women yep 100 percent. you can't replicate that you can't replicate and i'm glad you can't replicate that because there was such a a, an overwhelming need for that and now like i said with 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 mentioning of coco goff and sloan stevens and how many other people that we don't know the names of that said i can do that too you know it, it it's it's almost unfathomable to like really try to Think about just the big, the how big of an impact sh- she's had on a generation of athletes,
3: and obviously with with the the, the movie so that came out that that Will Smith starred as the father, and yep. I just I get to thinking about King Compton, yeah, Compton, mm-hmm. and just the impact on American and global culture, whether it's music, whether it's athletics, whether mm-hmm. it's entertainment, that this city has provided with so many great people and so much the, talent. Yeah, it's. It's very hard to fathom. Like, whoever I need someone to do the documentary. Someone at HBO, yeah. please work on that because there's so many to pick from. But Serena and uh, Venus opened the door like none other. So yeah, I'm just here to reiterate and give flowers while people are still here.
2: There's there's a few ways to get to greatness, but a lot of it starts with creativity and a lot of it starts with desperation. And I think that there there's just certain communities that kind of embody that for for whatever reason. And we know. Just what that means to beam back, and and when you have people not just young young black girls or black boys looking up, when you have everybody else is like, yup, that's the bit
3: because it's different from from just yeah. the white tennis stars. And absolutely, and also the one thing I am curious about is how much these U.S. Open tickets are going to be. Oh my god, to see her oh, play for the it. last time. I mean, well, it's I worth am it, right?
2: Going out On the East Coast for my friend's wedding for Labor Day.
3: Are US we checking Open. tickets? Oh hell yeah, we are. No, the US
2: Open. Okay, hold on, dates.
3: The only people that are happy about this news breaking are the ones that already had tickets cuz they were planning on going. Oh no. Oh, it's going to be in the thousands. When's
2: Labor Day weekend.
3: It's about to be like 2022
2: a, just to double about check to be the like date. Like oh, dear god. 25,000. I'm going to be out
3: there. Um, very tennis commentators again right now.
2: I think I might have to look up these tickets.
3: To go see the goat
2: i might have to go scalp some tickets in new york mm-hmm. if there's a time to do it for a person is serena damn right i'd swipe my credit card i'd hit the limit but who cares there is no limit to what can be accomplished thanks to people like her and more inspiration like that and other things on the way
0: Love for the please